uh, I want to kind of set the stage, if you will, of what it looks like when we become very desperate people for Jesus. What does it look like when we are a part of the solution rather than just the outflow of something that's happened? I believe that we as Christians should be answering the, the world's question of how do we get peace from the craziness? That's the church's job. It's our job to be the light of the world in a really dark season. It's our job to show that Jesus is the answer. The problem is everybody's got a solution outside of Jesus. I mean, if we're really being honest, if you listen close enough, everybody's going to tell you how to fix things outside of through him. So because that, we're going to keep seeing the same exact things happening that we've always seen happening because we keep doing the same things we've always done. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's a quote on that, right, that keep doing the same things you do and expecting a different result means that you're insane, And our world is looking for what's the difference? What can take place that brings change? And we believe that Jesus is the answer. So I want to show you what it looks like when people get desperate for Jesus. Look at Mark chapter 2 and verse 1 with me. Mark chapter 2 verse 1. Hope you're reading, by the way, your time in Scripture. If you don't have one of these cards, I hope you're praying with us and reading along with us. It's such an awesome challenge to stick together with it, and I love that there's a challenge associated with it. If you don't have one of these cards, they're out there in the foyer. You can read through the Bible with us this year and also know how to pray not only for your church, but also for your country, and we will be updating this pretty quick coming up because, man, we are rolling right along. Um, Let me get to the scripture now. That was a really great commercial uh, for that card. Should have been turning in the Bible simultaneously. So this is how it goes. Beforehand, all we know is this, that there are these friends that had a mutual buddy whose life was broken. And and they just kind of had a turning point, if you will. This moment of clarity, because they kept hearing about this guy who was going around not only teaching amazing teachings, but healing people. And they were astounded by this. So we don't know how long they had known each other, how long they had known this guy. All we know is they consider him a friend. And so prior to chapter 2, they get together and decide something's got to take place for our friend. And so in Mark chapter 2, verse 1, it says this, When he had entered Capernaum, this is Jesus, again after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many people gathered together and there was no more room not even the doorway, and he was speaking the message to them. So you can just imagine Jesus has got a packed house. Everybody's pushing in. The doorway's full. There is nowhere else to go. So these four friends know that Jesus is here. He's hanging out, and they're now on their way. So verse 3, when they had come to him bringing a paralytic carried by four men. Since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof from above where he was. And when they had broken through, they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. This is a crazy moment. This doesn't happen. This is not a normal. I mean, you can just imagine Jesus in the middle of a sermon that we don't really know of, and he's preaching, and all of a sudden, the dust starts moving from above his head. And in the midst of this, he's got to think, what is going on? 
But there's only one person in the whole room that really gets what's happening, right? And it's who? It's Jesus. So when he sees the dust falling, he knows the sermon's about to start. He's been teaching, but a sermon's about to break out. Y'all ever been in a room like that? Where you've gathered together with a bunch of people, and there's good teaching, but all of a sudden someone steps up? I remember a moment like that for me. We went to in a conference, and sermon after sermon was kind of being preached, and it was good. And then Fred Luter got up. If y'all don't know who Fred Luter is, just look him up on YouTube and listen to a sermon today. Fred Luter gets up and he sets his Bible down and he says, are y'all ready to hear from Jesus? And of course the crowd's like, yes. And he said, no, I'm not joking. I asked if you were ready to hear from Jesus. And you know, amen, he gets louder and he goes, listen, y'all. He said, I'm convinced of this. If the doors opened up and mercy me walked through, y'all would all get on your feet. And then he said to the crowd, are you ready to hear from Jesus? And, you know, a few people stood up and he goes, listen. He said, I'm a black preacher from a black church. And when we want to hear from Jesus, it makes us go nuts. And he said, and I realize that I'm a little bit of pepper in a room full of salt. And he said, but at some point, Jesus has got to be better than mercy me for y'all. I mean, it, it got real then. And then he laid down a sermon. And it changed the room because Jesus showed up. So let me just ask you before we even begin. Let's start small. Are you ready? Are you ready to hear from Jesus today? That's beautiful. That was the Michael Jackson. Uh, you're welcome. Let's, let's try a little bit better. Uh, don't go crazy yet, because I, I want you to kind of get prepared. That means as we start to talk, you got to set your Bible. Don't, don't close it, because we're about to go back to reading, but just kind of set it nicely beside. Don't set it on the ground. Just right, you're right there. Are you ready to hear from Jesus today? Okay, <laughs> that's beautiful. The golf, the golf clap, Jesus. Oh, excellent putt, Jesus. So now I, I want to hear from you for real. Like, I, I believe that Jesus can speak to us today. Amen. I believe that what he's about to tell us according to Scripture is going to be life-changing today. But I believe this. He can do it all day long, but he wants to know, are you ready to hear from him today? Are you ready to hear from Jesus today? Amen. Because I believe this. In that room, there were people ready to see something from Jesus. They just weren't ready for the sermon he was about to preach. Because they'd never seen a roof leave the building. And so in this moment, these, these guys have broken open the roof. I love this moment. Verse 5, it says what? Seeing their faith. Jesus told the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone right away? Jesus understood that in his spirit that there were, he understood that what they were thinking uh, like this was within themselves. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is a crazy moment because they're thinking in their hearts and Jesus goes, uh, excuse me, in the back of the room, why are you thinking that? 
had to have been awkward. Which is also the same thing that today, right where you're sitting, Jesus knows what you're thinking. Stop it! It's just a crazy moment. He said, which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, pick up your mat, and walk? But so that you may know the Son of God has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralytic, I tell you, get up, pick up your mat, and go home. Immediately he gets up, picks up his mat, and went out in front of everyone. As a result, they were all astounded and gave glory to God and saying, we have never seen anything like this. I'm telling you, this is a crazy moment. Here's why. Let's just put the full picture together. This room is packed. There is no more room. Jesus is literally teaching face to face. Uncomfortable. Crazy. Packed. And all of a sudden, the roof is raised. And they all look up, and a mat's coming down at them. And what has to happen to the crowd? They have to step back. Matt gets to the ground. Jesus goes, hey, guys, that's faith. Because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. It's an amazing moment. Jesus always recognizes faith. He just does. And he waits for people to come alive in faith. He always waits for people to, like, wake up at some point in faith. To say, I trust Jesus with everything. Here's the problem with it. People tend to believe that when Christians really dive into Jesus, that it disunifies them from the body. But I say, when we finally come close to the Lord, we serve as a wrecking ball for the rest of it. We come right back in the fold and we say, this is what it looks like when we follow Jesus. Join me. I I believe that God is ready to stir his church like never before. You know why? Because the world seems to get darker. And listen, a match in this room right now may not shine very brightly. But a match out in the country at midnight shines like the sun. God's church will shine even if the world gets darker. Either that or the church will become just as dark. We get to be the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. We are the salt of the earth. We're to give this world some great tastedness. In fact, did you know what it says in that scripture? That when salt loses its saltiness, it becomes unfit even for the manure pile. It has to be thrown out, which means this. We as the church have got to get to work because we season the world and we light it. We are the church. The greatest part about our light is this. We are the moon. We don't possess light on our own, do we? All we do is reflect the sun. We get to show the world what it looks like when we catch fire by being reflective of Jesus. These four men could have pushed their way in the room. I believe this. But they'd have had to drop their friend. Instead, they looked at the room and went, there's got to be a solution. There's got to be a way. And so what they decided to do is climb on the roof instead of yell out. That's what other people did in Scripture, right? Son of man, save us. Remember the blind man that cries out to Jesus? 
This happens, but in this moment, we see something take place we've never seen before. They make a way where there wasn't one. And i got to tell you, there are times that followers need to carry their friends to Jesus. There's a time where you're going to have to break open a roof and say, listen, I desperately want you to know Jesus. And so that means this, Christians, we have got to get past our comfort. It wasn't easy for four men to climb on a roof with a paralytic. There's no easy part in this. It's difficult. What's more is when they break open the roof, it's not an easy letdown unless they just drop him. This wasn't an easy task. This wasn't just a a past moment. These men had to work for this. Why is it that in faith, when it seems difficult for us to share our faith, we quit? No. See, Christ followers, people that believe that Jesus can change things, break open roofs. It's what we do. You know why? Because we believe Jesus can change the story. And listen, Jesus always knows our real needs. Listen, in that moment, Jesus has two statements over this paralytic, right? The first one is what the paralytic needs. Because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. He does not heal the man. You know how we know this? He'd have walked out right then. Doesn't happen. He's still laying on the mat. But in that moment, Jesus sees his faith and saves him. Son, your sins are forgiven. Jesus knows our need, even when we don't. So what's the next statement? Get up. You're healed. Take your mat and go. At that point, the paralytic stands up, grabs his mat, says to the people, get out of the way. And he leaves the room. And everybody stands and watches this paralytic that they knew that they didn't bring, walk out of the room. You know who four people were that were getting like after it in that moment? The men on the roof who lowered their friend, and they're going like this. And he says, get up and walk, and they go, yes! Woo! Yeah. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they came, and they knew what was going to happen. Because if they could get their friend in front of Jesus, Jesus could do it. Only we believe that Jesus may not. What a lousy faith people we are when we believe that Jesus can't do something amazing. I'm telling you, people at the feet of Jesus can see him do anything. He is more than capable, more than powerful enough to do anything. Isn't he good? Isn't he powerful enough? Can anybody stop Jesus? No, don't stop him either. Let's carry his name with us and let's take it somewhere. You and I are the church. We carry the name of Jesus. He is the greatest power on the planet. He is compassionate, kind, loving. He's a servant. He died and rose again. He lives today. Why do we act every Sunday like a funeral is happening instead of a victory march? We get to celebrate Jesus. That is awesome. That means on your Mondays, 
Don't act like your Sundays were a memorial service. We're coming up on Easter. And as much as I'd like to believe you know this, let me just remind you of this. Easter is not a memorial service. Neither is Good Friday, because it's past. That original Good Friday might have seemed bleak, but to us it's victory. Because we can hear the music start, can't we? You know what I'm saying in movies where all of a sudden you didn't know if the hero was going to show up? And the music starts, usually with that synthesizer. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know why all of a sudden it was Barracuda. But anyways, um, and then the hero woman steps up. Why does it have to be man? Anyways, and the hero steps in the doorway and you go, yeah, it's about to happen. <laughs> you are all going down, right? In that moment, the hero steps through and they normally have some cool line like, told you so. You're like, yeah, yeah, it's on my shirt the next week, told you so. And everybody's like, oh, where'd you get that shirt? Walmart. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, are y'all with me? This is Friday leading up to Easter. The music has started and Jesus is about to come through the door. But today, he's in it. And he stands here going, are you coming with me? Are you coming with me or is it just me? I can invite you with me. You can come join the journey that I'm sending you on. You can stay home. You decide. And every Christian every morning decides that they're going to go on a Jesus journey or on theirs. And the world keeps seeing a lot of people who say they're saved that act like Satan more than they see a saved people looking like a Savior. We've got to wake up. Four men got this that day. They climb up, they break a hole, and they say, let's go, buddy. Today you're walking out of here. They lower him down and they wait, and they celebrate. When's the last time we celebrated something like that? When's the last time we celebrated one of our neighbors coming to know Jesus? When's the last time we celebrated something that only Jesus can do? Because let me just tell you something that happened in this very room. We had a family that came to our church, and the wife had cancer. And she asked for prayer at the front of the sanctuary. Dale can tell you this. We prayed over her. She has no cancer. Can Jesus still do that? Yes, he can. Why is it that we believe he can't? God, help our unbelief. May we be rope bearers for brokenness rather than people that stand in a crowded room wanting to see something. I got to tell you, the church comes its most alive when we reach out to other people the broken, the hurting, and we say, we will carry you to Jesus. There's a Pompeii, for some of y'all that are scholars, y'all remember there was a, a giant mountain there, Mount uh, Vesuvius, that a long time ago exploded, and the city of Pompeii was deserting. Scientists went in later and started to exhume the area, and a part of that was a woman right at the city gates, her feet were pointed towards the gates, and when they found her, she was leaned backwards towards the mountain with one hand. At the end of her fingers, as they kept digging, they found a bag that contained a string of pearls. Her freedom was in front of her, but she had something to hold on to behind her that she dropped. I believe this is the state of where we are as the church today. We have far too many people that see freedom in front and could bring others along with them. But we hold so firm to our doubts and our fears that we're consumed. Your neighbors need Jesus. 
Your coworkers need Jesus. Your classmates need Jesus. And believe me, you can take them to him. You don't do the saving. None of those four men that lowered that rope saved their friend. Not one of them that lowered them down helped him walk out. But they put him at the feet of Jesus. That's our job. Carry our friends to the freedom of Jesus and let him address the real need. He'll do it every time. Our hearts are always an open book before the Lord. Our hearts are always an open book before the Lord. Here's what that means. In that moment, there was guests all around that had a different version of what was happening. There was the crowd of people that had to have been hurt by the fact they had to take a step back for a man being lowered through the roof. That's a sad state of the church, isn't it? I can't sit in my pew because somebody new got here. What if they got saved that Sunday? Well, I didn't get to park in my normal parking spot because somebody parked there and they parked illegally. Not even a handicapped spot, just you didn't like it. Or how about this one? I got into life group and those new people sat at my table. We have got to wake up. Because it's not about us. We're just the crowd unless we're people putting people at the feet of Jesus. Let's find ourselves in this crowd. We're either the people that had to step back and go, great, I got here early and now I've got to step back. Back up, y'all. Who is this? Wish I'd have been on a mat. Y'all can hear it, can't you? Or, let's see what Jesus does about this. Uh Uh-huh, the skeptic. Yeah, here we go again. Another Matt person. Oh, Jesus is going to forgive their sins. Do you know this person, Jesus? Mm-hmm. Do you know how they vote? You wouldn't heal them then. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you don't even know where they grew up. <laughs> if you did, you would cleanse them of all stinkiness. You can see it, can't you? I want to believe that we'll all be found on the roof. But frankly, did you hear that? That's, that's the sound effects in the background. Um, if you're not found on the roof and you're not found somewhere else, I know where you need to be found today. You need to be found on the mat. That's, that's where we have to be found today. Because if you're not on the roof, you need to be on the mat. Because the problem with our lives is this. Jesus is always looking for people that realize their need of him. Always. He's always looking for people that are broken. He's always looking for people that see that they have a need. But he's also looking for people that will show up on behalf of their friends and meet their needs, and draw them at the feet of Jesus. So let me just ask you today, where are you being found? Because too often I find myself in the crowd. How about you? Jesus, you don't know what I've done for you. I've got a great Christian resume, Lord. I, look at me, I showed up early. You ever say that to Jesus? How come they get that, Jesus, and I don't? Or Jesus, why is that happening with them and not me? And Jesus is going to say to you, 
Get on the mat. Who's next? Get on the mat. A few days back, it was late, about 2 a.m., we have this amazing dog, Hank the Wonder Dog, and Hank kept walking into our room and jumping on our bed, and then jumping down and walking and walking and jumping on our bed. I mean, this kept going. What I didn't know prior to this story is April had just gotten up and let Hank out. I didn't feel that. Somewhere that deleted in my deep sleep. All I know is at 2 in the morning, Hank and I had a come-to-Jesus moment. And I wasn't lowering him on a mat. I looked at Hank, and he looked at me, and he threw his paws on top of me, and I went, oh, no, I'm telling you right now. So I got up, and I huffed, and I puffed, and walked through the house, and I opened the back door, and I said, Hank, get out. And he hunkered down like, whoa, come on, bro. He walked outside, and I, I shut the glass door of the backyard, and he just stood there and looked at me like, what are we doing? And I was like, what are we doing? I should be sleeping. So I, I stormed into my living room, and laid on the couch, and I was so mad. And then I realized, like at 2 in the morning, it was like 20 degrees outside. And I was like, I can't leave him out there. So I go to the back door, and I'm in my PJs, and I open the door, and I go, Hank. Because I didn't want to wake my neighbors or, or my family, and I'm like, Hank. And he walks up real slow, and I said, come on. And he just looked at me like, are we cool? And I said, we won't be. Get in here. And he just kind of looked at me like, I'm not, I'm not passing you. <laughs> you can forget that. <laughs> and he turned around and walked the other way, and I was like, fine. I laid on the couch. And now I'm just like, got my arms folded and got the covers up. And I'm laying on the couch. I'm like, I hate this couch at night. I should be laying in my bed. The clock is on the wall, and it's doing that really loud tick tock. You know what I'm talking about? During the day, you don't ever hear this clock, but at like 2 in the morning, it's like, click, clock, click clock and I'm like golly I hate this dog three o'clock I'm like oh stupid dog so I go walk back up there and I'm like hey don't even care about the family or my neighbors get in here like that's gonna work Hank walks up and he this is no joke does this number and I'm like come inside it's all right and he goes, whew, out that way. And I'm like, oh, I hate that dog. So I open the glass door, go back in, and I grab my blanket. And I'm wrapped up because it's cold outside. And I go in the backyard. And I get on the other side of Hank. I learned this from my cattle friends. Get behind him. And you know what Hank does? Whoom, right in the house. So I'm like, oh, I hate that dog. And shut the door, shut the other door, lock it. And I look at him, and his tail's just wagging like, hey, wasn't that fun? And I'm like, it was fun for you. And I storm through the house. I throw that blanket down, and I walk to our door, and I shut the door. And right as I'm about to walk into the door, Hank looks at me, and I'm like, no! And he goes, bro, <laughs> I was having fun. I don't know what you're doing, but we're cool, right? I shut the door, and I get in bed, and I lay down, and I'm just like, oh. It takes till like 4.30 for me to fall back asleep. Any of y'all ever done this with your dog? You know why we do that with our dogs? Because our wives make us. Anyways, um... Finally, I wake up in the morning, and April goes, hey, I, I should have told you, I, I'd let Hank out before you got up. And I'm like, oh, that's great! Because that cost me two hours of my beautiful sleep. You want to know why I'm so ugly on Sunday? I missed that sleep. 
But it made me think how desperate God was for us in our disobedience. That he came into our world and took our place so that we could be brought back into God. And in that frustration of my time with Hank, Hank taught me a lesson. How frustrated God must be in my disobedience to him. And how loving he still is on my behalf. We need for our neighbors to see. That's what God did for us. That's your testimony. It doesn't matter if you were a drug lord before you came to know Christ or you were three. We all are in need of a Savior who comes and robs our sin. We all have the same saving moment. We all have the same cross. We all have the same tomb. And we all have the same Savior who dies for all. And i got to tell you today, He knows your heart. And He knows what you're thinking. But can He save me? Yes, He can. But can He change me? Yes, He can. Does He want to? Yes, He does. i got to tell you today, Jesus is waiting for you. He wants to change your life. He doesn't want to just say to you, your sins are forgiven. He wants you to walk differently than ever before. i got to tell you, this paralytic, we don't know his backstory, but I can tell you his forward story. He walked out of the room. He couldn't have done that before. He was carried in, but he walked out. But I can guarantee you this, when he met another paralytic on the road, do you know what he said to them? This is what Jesus can do. you got to go find Jesus. That's your testimony and mine. Not that we have it all put together, but Jesus can meet our needs, and he knows our heart. And the last is this. The miraculous happens, and way too often we miss it. We just miss it. Jesus is constantly in the miraculous business. He desires to change people's lives and their trajectories. But too often we miss it because we're simply people in the crowd instead of climbing on the roof. Today is not the day to just raise the roof of worship. Today is the day to poke holes in the roof and declare that God can do anything. That's what we get to do now. Right now we get to declare to God he can do anything. The impossible is never impossible for Jesus. And so we get to declare to him, you are in the impossible business. So do that in me. Do that in my workplace. Do that at my school. Do that in my neighborhood. Do that in my family. Do that in me. Do the miraculous. And I want to tell you something. He will do it. That's the beauty of Jesus. I'm asking you, will you poke holes in the roof of your life and let people see what Jesus can do? If you will, today is the day to declare to him, start that in me now. So why don't you bow your head and close your eyes. I'm not going to take long. I just want you to hear this. We have invitation every Sunday for this reason. We believe that God can do the impossible. We believe that he's in a miraculous business and we believe that he wants to change your life. So we get to declare that to him today. So whether you know Jesus and you need to declare to him, Jesus, I want to poke holes in the roof of my life, you need to come to the altar and, and declare that today. If you don't know Jesus, you need to make sure that you run to his feet today. And that's not my feet, that's not Dale's feet, that's not John's feet, that's Jesus's. We are only people that can lower the ropes. So if you need some help in that process, come find us today. 
we would love to show you Jesus because we believe he can heal your life. So today, trust him, believe in him, and make him known. Jesus, may you win this moment because you are great and you're holy and you're powerful and you desire to change our story. God, thank you that there are faithful friends that taught a valuable lesson that at your feet, anything can happen. So Jesus, may we be found at your feet this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.